It's time to unify and simplify the IT world. We are here to do that one podcast at a time. I'm Steve. I'm McKay. And welcome to the Interchange IT Podcast. All right, this guest right here. This is our last one of the show. It's this is the last one of the show. Yep. It's appropriate. And this guest has been one we've been pushing for. There was a hashtag campaign. There was. There was uh, email sent back and forth. Steve um, would send smoke signals into yeah. the air. I don't know if they got down to Dallas or not. I don't know not, either. But it worked. So we have, I think, uh, you know, I, it's someone who's probably pretty famous, you know. <laughs> Um, so you, so the, when we were looking, tell, tell the story about finding this music, Steve. That's what so I want to hear. So I listen to another podcast called Tested. Okay. Still in, it's still untitled. It's uh, Adam Savage, the guy from Mythbusters. And it's, it's his website. And they test technology and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they were talking about chiptune. And chiptune music, what it is, and doing it with Raspberry Pi. And so at the time I was commuting, it was when I had an, uh, almost a two-hour commute to work. And so I'm sitting there on the train, and I'm like, all right, what is this chiptune stuff? And I look in Spotify, and I found Big Giant Circles. Yep. And uh, when it came time for us to start doing a podcast, you know, we were looking for theme music, right? And so I found, I went to, to Big Giant Circles uh, on Spotify, and I, f- I found him. And, uh, and I, that's not his actual name, by the no, way. No, it's not his big actual name. Which it's, would be weird. It would be weird. Um, but we, we reach out, I reached out to him and said, hey, listen, do you mind if I, I went to his website and says, if you want to you know, use it for a podcast or something, reach out to me. And so I reached out to him, bought the music, and then uh, we acknowledge him on every podcast. So it's, I feel like you're a part of the podcast, even though... Yeah, unofficial member. Yes, exactly. Well, no, no, official. <laughs> official. Um, well, this is, this is like the ceremonial. Yeah. Now it's official. Before, yeah, now it's before official. we started recording, we had a very secretive... Sort of creepy ceremony that we yeah. did, yeah, which yeah. we won't candles. get into. Candles, lots of candles. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's creepy at all. It's, uh, you thought it was, you thought I it was think okay? It's very romantic, actually. It's romantic <laughs> is the word you would use. So, what's your actual name? Because we uh, just my, know you as Big Giant Circles. So, my name is uh, Jimmy Hinson, which. Okay. Um, it's, it's, easy, it's easy to remember, actually. I resented that growing up because, you know, in, in, in grade school, everybody was like, oh, you're the Muppet guy. And I'm like, like no, well, no, no, screw no, no. you. you know, but, but, now, <laughs> but now it's actually kind of cool screw because it's, you. it's <laughs> you know, I don't know, anything that you get picked on as a kid and, and as an adult, you're like, you know what, I'm embracing this because you're going to forget that guy's name, but you're not going to forget my name because you just automatically made that association with the Muppet guy. So, so here's, here's what I want to know. Yeah. When someone reaches out to you and says, hey, can we use your music in a podcast? What's your thought? And then second question I have is, tell us the backstory of the song we use as the opening and the closing of our podcast. Like that song you just oh, okay. heard is yeah, the yeah, intro yeah. music. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely for people using the music. Um, a few years ago, uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe more than a few, uh, we were kind of, uh, music licensing was a, was a whole other beast. And, right. and you know, there, were, there, were like, there, were, there were fees associated. Like very few people were cool with anybody just using music. Um, and then, uh, and then YouTube and, and then Twitch and things like that happened. And so what, what ends up happening is you, you get a bunch of people that don't have any money that would like music to use that they're not going to get flagged for or sued for or any, anything like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for indie musicians like myself, it's great because, um, we're pretty reasonable. Like, uh, my terms are, I'm just like, well, Hey, you know, if, if you, if you like the music and you want to listen to it for free, that's, that's what Spotify's for. I, I try to put my stuff on YouTube that way. If you don't want to buy it, but you still want to hear it. I basically, my, my job is to make and, and sell music, and uh, 
Well, I, I mean, you know, unless I'm writing music for a video game, which is a little bit different because then I'm getting paid by somebody to write a quantity of music. But but when I just write my original music, obviously, like, it benefits me most when people just buy it. Uh-huh. Um, so now in the age where we're in the, the age where people are buying less and less music because, you know, it's just available for free on things like Spotify, Apple Music, such. Right. Um, which is fine. Um, if you're going to use my music in an official thing, I'm just sort of like, you know what, uh, I'm just, I'm not going to like try to charge people fees. I'm not going to be like, well, hey, you know, how about for a thousand bucks, you pay me a license and then you can, because nobody's going to do that. Like very few people just have they'll that just kind find of other music. Exactly. They'll, they'll find something for free anyway. Um, so it's sort of like, well, hey, um, I feel like it's pretty reasonable. Just buy the album, a five, $10 album, and you can use it as much as you want. Um, right. You know, in, in your podcast or videos or Twitch streams or uh, whatever other streaming or uh Right, right. Video or audio podcast. So anyway, that's uh, I'm definitely for it. Um, it's it's also super cool when people reach out to me uh, because that just kind of shows that people are like consciously aware of it. I just think it's a very considerate thing to do. Like, um, and not not even just for me. I just sort of like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know I'm a fan of your music. It's basically kind of reaching out and, and acknowledging that somebody's a fan, which I find very flattering. So we, we've had definitely. a steady stream of guys uh, of people this week saying, "What is what this? is this? Right? Oh, what nice. is this? Yeah, and and loving it." So it's been it's been fun because it's been background music. This is a, you know obviously an IT conference. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of people who who code, a lot of people who who played a, a butt ton of video games in their a, life. A, that's actually the official unit is, of measurement, actually, by the way. Oh yeah, video yeah, game yeah. companies use that unit of measurement. Yeah, the butt ton. Yeah, it's butt load is is the unit just under it. But exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But uh, um, oh, it's great. It's 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 absolutely kind of the upbeat. You know that particular song is the upbeat vibe. Kind of tech vibe that we were looking for. Yeah, I yeah. love the coin, the coin. Oh sound yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so so the, the so chiptune music. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I grew up, you know, with uh, my first gaming device was was the original Game Boy. You know, the little gray with the yeah. green screen. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I feel like it's kind of interesting. I you know I'm, I'm getting old enough to the point where it's like there's gonna be there's gonna be kids growing up that like don't even know what a Game Boy is. They're gonna, they're like growing up with you know I don't know they're gonna grow well, my, up with like the Switch. You my know? kids Seriously. found one. My kids found an original Game Boy, not mm-hmm. the not the color, but the yeah, original they, the, Game Boy yep. at my in-laws' house, and they're like, Dad, what we is found this, this antique? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that was the one my wife played on, <laughs> and there was Tetris still in oh, it. Oh yeah, by the yeah. Way. So we were talking the other day about how I remember in high school. I was the first guy on the basketball team on the bus to get a uh, skip-free disc man. And oh, yeah. The, it was a big deal. The, the question like, is, what was how many seconds of skip-free? I don't remember. <laughs> was it three <laughs> seconds? It was like was it three seconds skip-free or something. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, you had to try to make it skip. Oh, so right. Of just course, like, you just like, like and it'd be smack like, well, it on the I table. Broke it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you became the first person to break your disc man. Yeah. So tell us though. about tell us about the song we use. The song what's we the, use. What's the name of the song? I don't even know the name. Uh, of it. It's on the, that's the, called the Chiptune Legacy, which okay. uh, is so so. I, it kind of ties into uh, what I was saying about Chiptune because because originally, um, I mean, I used to sit and uh, like back in the day, I would I would play games like Castlevania and stuff on my Game Boy, <laughs> right? And then I would uh, I would record them into a tape recorder so that I could listen to the music outside of the game um, because I, I just liked it a lot, right? Right. And so fast forward to today. Um, Obviously, all that technology is completely obsolete. We don't have to worry. So an interesting thing about chips, uh, about the original chip tunes is that they had limited polyphony. They could only play like anywhere from like three or five or so, so many notes at a time. So you wouldn't hear a lot of uh, songs playing chords. You'd, what they would do is they would uh, arpeggiate the three notes very, very quickly. So it was actually only one note playing, but they'd you know, find right, a way to right. make it sort of sound like a chord. We don't have that restriction anymore. So um, 
you know, now we have we have audio software that can play literally you know thousands of notes at a time if you if you need it to. Um, so when I kind of got into chiptune, I was like, you know what, I, I like the sounds. The sounds are, are what kind of triggers the nostalgia for me. But I don't really necessarily want to be limited by the restrictions. And, and uh, so I, I found a bunch of plugins that can make it, you know, the original Game Boy sounds. But then That's I'm awesome. like, I, I literally have as many notes so as I want to do. Are you playing on a keyboard? Uh, <laughs> a little bit on keyboard, and most of it's just mouse editing. Like, honestly, really? I think the, the computer mouse is probably my preferred instrument these it's, days. It's probably the, the, the best legacy way to do it anyway, since it was all done by computer mm -hmm. originally anyway. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. So, so that song, the Chiptune Legacy, has kind of a double meaning, because, uh, number one, it's sort of like you know, a throwback to, like the, as you said, the legacy way of uh, it's got those sounds. In it. And then the other thing, too, is... Um, you know, what's going to carry that legacy forward? Well, I kind of feel like, I mean, there's still chiptune purists. I've, I've offended a few of them by, uh, I think they call what I do fake bit instead of eight bit because it's, <laughs> you know, it's the sounds, but not the, not I, love the I love the random cultures, like subcultures oh, yeah. within subcultures. Oh, it's like there's chiptune, which is a subculture and right. then there's chiptune purists. Yep. Yes. And you, on the other hand, have, have bastardized chiptune in How their dare minds, you? Right? Oh, How yeah, yeah, dare yeah. you? Jay? Of course, and there's other people that embrace it and they call it like 9-bit. It's like that extra bit is like whatever you want to do. So <laughs> It's so awesome. So man. interestingly enough, that's actually why I called this album Imposter Nostalgia because uh, a buddy of mine um, is a super chiptune purist and he was sort of Hey man, if you're gonna be doing this, like you should do it on an actual Nintendo. And I'm like, I mean, you know, but I—that's—that's that's not the idea. Like, I mean, you know. I'm a musician first. I just happen to use that instrument. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, it's just like with anything. Anybody that wants to criticize something that somebody else likes, it's like, hey man, just let them let yeah, them do their thing. If they like it, let people yeah. let people enjoy don't, things, as they say on the internet. Don't yuck my yum. Right. I went to dinner yeah. the other night with some folks, and a guy sitting next to me was was um, critical of the way I liked my steak. And I thought, you know what? And I said, you know what? I'll eat my steak the way I want to eat my steak. How do you, know? you want your steak? You'll probably say it's wrong. So I'm not even going to tell you. Tell me. Nope. So well done with ketchup? No, not well done with ketchup. <laughs> um, do you like it the medium? Story. I like it medium. I like it medium well. <laughs> All right. What's wrong with that? Why would somebody What's criticize me? Exactly. Well? That's the way I, I want to take my I steak. I wouldn't take my steak that way, but I'm not going to criticize you not. for your bad yeah, choices. Yeah, of course. I don't want to die of salmonella. <laughs> it's my right. Um, tell me um, where you came up with this song. Like, was this a, a rainy day in Paris? A girl had just broken up with you, <laughs> and you sat down at a uh, cafe overlooking the Champs Elysees and wrote it. Is that is that the story? Man, all that sounds way better than, than your actual story. <laughs> I, I should just take one of those and be like, yeah, just the middle one that you just. <laughs> no, uh, actually, uh, so interestingly enough. Um, it was the Seine, wasn't it? It wasn't the Champs Elysees. Yeah, he was, was overlooking the Seine or the Eiffel Tower. So I was in India, right? And I was, I was I talking with a, a shaman. And, and <laughs> the the shaman. yogi told Sorry, me. Sorry, I've been watching Arrested <laughs> Development. That was. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the background of this specific song? So, this specific song was actually, there was no chiptune in it originally. It was just, it was me screwing around on the guitar. Um, I can't remember why. I don't know. I just, I'd been listening to somebody and I was like, hey, I wonder if I can do a. A lot of my stuff is uh, not necessarily, I don't like to think I'm ripping people off, but there's, you know, influences from everything. Sure. And I think I'd been just been like, hey, I haven't really done a lot of guitar stuff. And so I started, I, I made like a minute of music and, uh, and like the big intro, you know, it has kind of a slow intro, that mm -hmm. song. Um, and then I just sort of set it down and, and just left it there for like a year. And then I got into doing the chiptune stuff and uh, was going back through my, my old folder of, uh, of works in progress. And, and I was like, hey, what's this? And I fired it back up and I'm like... Let's throw some chiptune on this, and uh, I feel like that sort of made this like it just kind of wrote itself because 
that yeah. happens a lot. Like I'll write like a minute of something and just be like, well, I have no idea what else, what to do now, and and then I'll just set it down and forget about it. It's like you need that that rest, that like let just let it sit for a little Writer's while. Writer's rest. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's also, I mean, it opens new opportunities because, you know, my I obviously changed styles. I went from writing, you know, mostly just, you know, I guess what you'd call more modern electronic mm-hmm. stuff to uh, doing the, uh, the the chiptune and the retro sound, and, and it just sort of opened a whole door where, and, and that's the thing, like, the so it's called the chiptune legacy because very clearly you hear, like, the, the chiptunes in it, but you yeah. can also hear, like, there's there's strings and there's uh, there's guitar and bass. The and coin and, sound and the... Yeah, like like a regular acoustic drum kit. So you've, you've got, like, kind of a blending of all elements, so it's sort of like the passing of the torch, in my, sure. in my mind, anyway. I mean, obviously, there's still nothing wrong with the purest chiptune and some really good stuff out there. But that's kind of, to me, like, hey, this is, like, the legacy stuff, and it's also kind of carrying the torch into the future generation. Where do you rank this song on the pantheon of songs you've created? Like, do you like this oh, song? Oh, it's actually one a... of my favorites, uh, honestly. Um, and, and it's cool because uh, it was originally not even on the uh, the album. Um, He's grabbing CDs. Yeah, I have CDs. I brought some CDs. CDs for everyone, man. I should have, seriously, I've got, like, boxes of this stuff at home. I just quit <laughs> selling them because you know, people kind of, it's not that people quit buying them. They're just ridiculously expensive to ship places now. Right, right, like, right. It, it's like... It's like twelve or thirteen dollars to send this to like Australia and Russia, and coincidentally, I have a lot of people that want to buy this stuff in Australia and Russia. And I'm like, man, I feel bad. The shipping is more than the CD. Right, anyway, right. you're charging thirty-seven dollars, uh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, as it says clearly on the back, it's it's a bonus track. Like, so I, I did like a Kickstarter for this thing, um, and there were originally twenty tracks because that's basically all I could like physically fit on a CD. Right. And then the Kickstarter did like super well, uh, so kind of in, as the end, I was like, man, I, I gotta like. I gotta reward people again somehow. So I ended up like editing the tracks and like shaving off, you know, like 15, 20 seconds here and there off pretty much every track just so I could make room for like another one. Um, and then that was kind of it. I was just like, well, I was gonna maybe put this on a future album, but it seemed seemed appropriate to, yeah, it to throw it at really the end well. of this one. Um, and and yeah, weirdly enough, I think it's probably the most popular track. I really thought the uh, the last one was gonna be kind of, I mean, it's the- The Glory Days. Yeah, it's the name of the album. Um, so sort of the namesake of the whole, of the whole shebang but uh chiptune legacy seems to have surpassed it it's really cool i mean i like i'm, I'm not a huge music guy generally or chiptune specifically but i just love it i think it's a great song that's, like, that's awesome man for no other reason than it just sounds cool i feel like, like that's a very high praise when somebody's just like hey i'm not into this kind of stuff like specifically i right. mean or, you know i wouldn't call myself a connoisseur per se but but this is cool you know when you yeah, get yeah. somebody who doesn't have an opinion to have an opinion like, right like, yeah that's, it's cool yeah, yeah that's a cool find by you steve yeah, so yeah. so mckay and I both have something in common. We're both big fans of, of a TV show. We're not a TV show. Can you call it a TV show? I don't know what we're talking Stranger about. Stranger Things. Oh, yes. I'm sure it's a TV show. I, I think they qualify as you know, yeah. episodic, episodic visual content. I don't know. Yes, and you've had a song on there, right? You've had a song. Uh, I did. It's the weirdest story, too. So, yeah. so the song that's on there, it's, uh, the name of the song is called Outside the Realm, which coincidentally actually fits in pretty well with the theme of Stranger Things. Um, oh. was originally written for a video game, uh, an indie game in uh, 2015 that came out called There Came an Echo, uh, which which everyone that's listening, I highly recommend you check that one out. I also recommend that you check out the, that's technically the uh, sequel in the series. The, the previous game uh, was called Sequence, and then due to an unfortunate, uh, there's a company called Jax that made a game in the 80s, some crappy little puzzle game called Sequence, and then they hit the, uh, they hit the developer with, <laughs> yeah, they hit him with a, uh, a truck. What, a cease and desist, or like yeah, a, a truck would have been easier to fight, actually, because then he, cause he, <laughs> he would have got money away. out of them. But yeah, but right. instead, they were like, "Hey, we own the word sequence, and nobody uh, else can use that right. name ever." And it really could have been contested. It'd been like, "Hey, I mean, we have different products. This is a digital video game that's nothing like the original sequence. You make a physical product." 
But in the end, it's one of those things where it's like, is it worth it to spend the money that I'm probably not going to get back? Anyway, so there's a, there's a game now on, on Steam um, called Before the Echo, uh, which previously was called Sequence, and then There Came an Echo was the sequel to that, and they're both amazing. Um, but unfortunately, they just... Uh, Sequence did really well, but There Came an Echo... Uh, did not do really well for whatever reason. I think it's just kind of came in at the uh, point where indie games started to kind of oversaturate Steam. And right. there, there's so many amazing ones, but it's just like, at the end of the day, people only have so many so much time, right? right. There's so many right. minutes, and I think that's what happened. Um, but it's a cool game. It had uh, Will Wheaton was uh, was the lead character in it. Really? Um, yeah. Um, and a bunch of other pretty well-known voice actors. Anyway, so the song was written for that, and nobody really knew about it. And then just out of the blue, uh, last uh, April, right at about a year ago, um, I got an email uh, from a lady who's like, hey, I work for a company that manages licensing music for Netflix, and we're interested in using this song, There Came an Echo, that we found on Bandcamp. And two things about that were weird. Number one, like, okay, nobody's even heard of There Came an Echo. And number two, she mentioned Bandcamp specifically, which... Uh, Bandcamp is a, if, if there are people that still don't know, it's just another way to buy music, and a lot right. of indie people put their music on there. But Steve just has some stories about Bandcamp that'll make your yeah, run blood curdle. Different Bandcamp. A yeah, different deal entirely. Yeah, totally oh, different okay. Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, when I was a child. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in Bandcamp in high school, like before the marching go. band. Is that is that what we're talking about? <laughs> where yeah. you became a man. Yeah, indeed. That's <laughs> where you learned just how much you could sweat before you passed out. Uh, anyway, so no, Bandcamp.com, where, uh, where, where I sell the yeah. music. Nobody ever finds music on there, like especially licensing people. They're usually like, hey, I'm calling you about this thing on iTunes or something, like because that's the one everybody knows. Anyway. So did you think it was fake? N well, no. Okay, so I was going to leave this out just for time's sake, but um, interestingly enough, there is... Um, so I used to write music for uh, Home and Garden Television. Okay. Um, yeah. In uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, they have a, a production studio there, and um, and I would come in and write music for that. And in one of the studios, they had a book written by a guy named uh, his name is Jeff Rona, uh, and, and he's uh, you know in Hollywood, he, uh, you know composer out in California. And uh, so I read his book, and it was full of cool information where he'd interviewed a bunch of people like you know John Williams and a bunch of really well known film composers. And uh, and then one day on Facebook, like a short while later, it you know Facebook does the thing, and it's like, hey, here's people you might know, and it said you probably know Jeff Rona, and I'm like. Yeah, what the heck, I'm going to friend him. He can always say sure. no. So uh, he accepted, and then that was basically the extent of our relationship. Like, every now and then I would like a post of his, and, it, like, we never talked or anything. But uh, one day he sent me a message and said, hey, um, a friend of mine is trying to send you a message. Uh, and she says she hasn't gotten through to you. Uh, so, like, check your messages. And there I found, you know, in Facebook, if somebody that you're not uh, connected with sends you a message, there's, like, a secret folder that right. yeah. Facebook yeah, has yeah. Of, of messages. That's where it was. So I didn't even know that she'd sent me a message. So I saw it on there. I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, send, you know, send me an email. And so I contacted her that way, and we set up a phone call. So that's actually how I knew it wasn't fake because of this guy whose book I read, who I'd never talked to before, sent me a message <laughs> and was like, hey, uh, talk to this lady. She's, she's legit. So... Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, we arranged a phone call, and, uh, you know, she told me that she was uh, doing some licensing for a, a Netflix show. And, you know, at the time, I'm like, oh, man, I really hope it's Stranger Things. She's like, well, I can't tell you. But then, like, later on, you knew it was. When, when it finally, like, got far enough down the process, she couldn't tell me for a while because it, was, um, it wasn't certain. Basically, they're like a third party that handles all the, the pitching. Like, they'll, they'll be like, hey, we think this works, and then they'll pitch that to, to the uh, producers of the mm -hmm. show. 
And she said that, you know, like 90, 95% of the time, the producers are usually on board because, you know, they trust their judgment. They'd right. already paired it with the scene, uh, that she, she told me. And she said it works really well. So what scene is it? Where, where does it appear? So it's, uh, originally it was just going to be in one place. Uh, I'm not actually sure which one, but I, I believe the original scene was in episode two. There's a scene where... Um, season one? Of season two, actually. Season two, okay. Uh, it's second episode of season two where, uh, where Will and um, uh, Mike are... Talking and uh, I, th- I th- basically, basically Mike is sort of like, man, I wish Eleven were here; she'd understand. And Will is like, I, th- I think I'm going crazy; nobody understands me. And then they start kind of reminiscing about Eleven, who I don't think uh, Will had met. And so it's just kind of this right. touching moment where friends are sort of like, hey, nobody understands us, and, and we have this friend who are you know who are missing. And so that's when they use the music, and it was a very very touching moment, really well implemented too. Like, uh, I don't, I don't. Weirdly enough, I mean, as much as I write music for video games and such, I feel like uh, spotting is not a strength of mine. Spotting is where you just kind of watch the video footage and try to decide, like, what sort of music needs to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like I can do it, but uh, it's just, it's not, like, the thing I feel like I'm really strong at. So good on them for for picking that spot. Anyway, and then there's another scene in, uh, like, episode 7 where Eleven finds, like, another... There's spoilers. I should I should mention if, if for whatever reason you Listen, haven't watched Stranger out, Things, I know. How long now? I'm, gonna, I'm just people who haven't. Yeah. Seen just gonna throw Screw it out em. there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven's <laughs> alive. In, indeed, indeed. Um, the worst part is when Hopper dies. I yes. think that's terrible. Oh yeah. Oh, when, yeah. Ho- when Hopper, that the, axe. The who knew that Eleven when, would? Right. When Eleven would actually kill him with an axe. Yeah. Or, I know, thought that, that was crazy. Or you know that part like at the, in the finale where she like sits on the on the Iron Throne and, and yeah. Just, yeah exactly where, like this dragon flies overhead. Strange it's crazy. turn of events. Oh yeah, indeed. Who knew that, that Stranger Things was in the Game of Thrones universe? <laughs> I know, right? It's, exactly. it's so bizarre, but uh, yeah. well, I didn't the, see the twist coming. So how but, does it work with you getting like? Do you get like royalties or do you get like? Uh, don't tell us the number, but do they pay you like one time? Or no, it's like- actually it's a good uh, it's a good discussion. I actually don't mind. Weirdly enough, I I am really transparent about a lot of stuff. I mean, just for I I don't know. I guess for the sake of courtesy, I'm not going to name specific numbers. But I I don't mind the discussion. Like a lot of people are like, oh, we can't know how much a person is being paid for doing a thing. It's like, why not though? I mean, right, right. On some level, I feel like transparency is kind of good for a lot of people. So you get paid right. every time someone watches it on Netflix. So every time Steve cues it up, do you get like another twelve cents? Just, uh, short answer is no. Short answer uh, is no. I was going to put it on repeat. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I wish. Uh, if you're going to do that, just use Spotify because Spotify does pay per, per like listen, but um, it's it's very low. So you have to, you'd have to stream it like a million times before I'd see like you know ten bucks or something. But, <laughs> but uh, as far as Netflix go, this is uh, this is a little bit um, irritating as as a music guy. Basically, uh, there are like practically no royalties uh, now. If if Stranger Things was like I don't know if that was you know airing on NBC every Thursday during prime right, time, you know, at seven right. o'clock at night or something. Syndicated. Yeah, like the royalty checks would probably be pretty huge. But because it's on Netflix um, and because the people that made these laws are enjoying the money that they're keeping, uh, they're, they're cer- certainly not going to be keen on like changing those anytime soon. Essentially, because it's streaming, there is almost no uh, royalty generation at all. Really? Which is weird. And uh, and so the lady that I was talking to, she actually explained this to me. She said, you have two options. You can go that option and just say, hey, Netflix, you are going to have to pay me royalties like until I die. And But the problem is, like, I mean, it might take, you know, 50 years. Like, for the rest of my life, I might get a royalty check for, you know, 200, 500 bucks, something, which in the grand, you know, scheme of Not things is much, very, right? very low. Right. Uh, she said, or, um, and this is what Netflix prefers anyway, she said, you can basically just quote us a price and we will buy out the royalty, which means we're just going to pay you all, like, you know, whatever royalty amount you oh, okay. think you might be getting. Just quote us a price, uh, and you can, and we'll pay it to you right now. 
and then we'll never owe you anything in the future. So she said, I think that's actually better for everybody because that way you're just sort of going to get more upfront. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, also Netflix doesn't have to do uh, the lifelong accounting or whatever. So I just, I did that. Um, and it wasn't a huge amount of money. Um, but the fact that the song ended up being used twice is, means it basically got doubled. So, because they have to do that for each time the song right. is used. Plus, um, you get to say yeah. that, you know, it is one of the, you know, one of the big pop culture phenomenon, uh, phenomenon honestly, yeah. of the last few years. And, and you got to say you're a part of it. I'm not oh, a yeah, part of no, it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm thrilled. I'm not a part of it. I, I was. I'm still thrilled to this day. Like it was. It was pretty cool. It was also pretty cool. Like on Twitter, that uh, okay. So uh, I was actually at a wedding in Washington, like in the remote Washington mountains. A yeah, buddy right. of mine was getting married up in a really beautiful lodge, but of course it had like pretty much no internet. Uh, we had to like rent satellite internet for the weekend while we were up there. Um, and of course, that, that was when Stranger Things aired. So I like wasn't even able to watch oh. it. And so, uh, finally, I was Did like, hey, man, i got to tap into the internet, into the emergency internet, just because I want to see what's going on. And I, and I signed on, and, like, interestingly enough, a bunch of people on Twitter... Uh, actually, uh, so this girl, I'm wearing her shirt today. Her name's Ann Musician. She's... Uh, Ann, sorry, Ann Mus... I can't even Ammunition? talk. Ann Munition. Uh, and yeah, and, yeah, it's a cool name. Um, anyway, she uh, she had played there, came an echo on her stream. She like played all the way through the game. She's one of the few uh -huh. people who have played it and, and recognized it. She had tweeted like, because I mean, you know, first thing as soon as the she show went live. Oh, what's that? She a Twitch, a Twitch yes, streamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's a pretty well known streamer. She's her channel's blown up. I'm I'm really happy for. Her. But uh, because she had played the game. Uh, she had tweeted about how she's like, wait a minute, am I crazy or is this like the song from There Came an Echo in this one season? So it was actually right. super cool to, to like log in and see that people had recognized it, even right. though it was from a game that nobody knew. So see, now I'm going to have to go play it. Yeah, oh, you should, man. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. So, well, you know, I really, uh, I really appreciate, uh, you know, I've been listening to your music now for over a year and uh, been loving it. It's great to, to meet the you know the the people who put out the the content Thanks, that, yeah, you, that. that you enjoy listening to, and uh, yeah, my son my son's been listening to it as well. He's gonna be jealous. He'll be really jealous. Nice man. Give people him, love the music. Give him some CDs. Then. I like my um, <laughs> I've got buddies like college buddies who have started listening to the podcast, and they have. I mean, I'd say three or four of these seven or eight guys have texted me separately, like, "Hey, whose music is that? Like, what music is this?" So I think. As more people hear it, man, people just love it. So great job! It's it's oh, it's man, tapping into that. that nostalgia, especially this album. Tap, taps in that nostalgic um, feeling that's really kind of sweeping the country right now. Like mm -hmm. you think about Roseanne doing its thing right now, and oh yeah, yeah, and you know, how getting a lot of kind of revivals, I guess you yeah, call them, exactly. which, is, which is great. You know, for us that grew up in like the eighties and nineties, it's like hey, that thing that. There was this movie that was one big yeah. revival with you know, Ready Player One, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, my son's read that book three or four times. I gotta read the book. Like, it's a much better book than than movie. That's that's what I've heard, and uh, and I I mean I liked the movie for what it's worth. So I'm, I'm really book, looking forward to the book. Interestingly, the audiobook is read by Will Wheaton. Is it really? Yeah, that's appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, we really appreciate you. Yeah, we do. Taking Thanks for coming in. Oh, man, really, my really pleasure. Appreciate my pleasure, guys. Yeah. And uh, it's great to meet you. And uh, likewise, we'll need to, to stay in touch and. Yeah. yeah. And thanks for letting us use your music. We appreciate it. Oh, man, man. Thank you guys for, for uh, getting the word out, you know. It's, uh, I, re I rely on the, the podcasts and the, and the Twitch streamers and the YouTubers, man, because nobody, nobody else really – you don't hear this stuff on the radio. No, you, you don't, know? but it's so. really cool. We really like it. Yeah, so thanks thank you. again. Really they appreciate it. The Interchange IT Podcast is brought to you by Avanti, a software company that helps you succeed in every aspect of your job including operational IT security, asset management, service management, and supply chain management. Find out more at Avanti.com.